You are listening to the Wisdom Factory podcast. Heidi Hörnlein and Mark Davenport present to you high-level conversations with their show guests who share their knowledge and wisdom and inspire us to wake up and to grow up. This podcast is sponsored by the Italian non-profit cultural association Il Paradiso Integrale. Find out more at paradisointegrale.com. Today, our guest is Dr. Tom Habib, clinical psychologist and couples therapist in California. He is researching new ways in which intimate couples can become partners in self-development and in growing deeply into we spaces. In his presentation, he is referring to visual material which you can see and download at http colon slash slash bid dot ly slash tom big letter t o m habib h a b i b while t and h of tom and habib are big letters intimate couples growing up together part three how can intimate couples grow up together yeah. well my my reaction offhand is that the 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 earlier stages are not gone they haven't disappeared from our psyches you know like and frankly there are times when they're appropriate and helpful you know they may be stupid as well but uh, <laughs> but the, but but they persist it's a you you don't transcend if you haven't included so to speak absolutely absolutely at times they're absolutely functional even dropping into the role stage. Mm -hmm. uh, usually when we travel, I play the role stage because I, I can get lost in a parking lot. <laughs> Christine leads. And so I do all the supportive things I know. Me uh, too. <laughs> I mean, that's the same with us. Yeah. If I rely on him, I don't know where we end up. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I just don't have those abilities. So... Didn't have that trouble before I met her, though, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I wanted to show, this occurred to me about a week ago, and you're going to recognize the similarity mm -hmm. of to the Wobacombs lattice. Mm -hmm. And it hit me like a brick. I was in the jacuzzi meditating. And it hit me like a brick. The relationship between, on the left, we can see the stages of the development we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. And on the top are the state experiences. And just for reference, these are the ones we usually use up here, these five, four, depending upon who you're reading. Mm -hmm. And the ones that I'm calling a little bit more collective state experiences kind of track the individual state experiences, although they do become a little more collective, obviously, when we get to the unit of level. But I found it's really important to try to articulate what the states actually are, because it is the identification of the experience that lays breadcrumbs for people to track it and to try to enter it. And so I don't know, I mean, this is very much a piece of work in progress, 
And so like things like showing up of like collective eyes, even at our integral conferences, I find that we tend to be more collective eyes yeah. than a really authentic we space experience. Mm -hmm. All moments that mm -hmm. we really do achieve the we space. Um, uh, I remember Helen Palmer once putting us there at the original What Next conference. And we couldn't get out of it. We were in the that experience for even during the coffee break. We're walking around kind of like in this altered state together <laughs> on it because Helen was just so masterful at creating that moment that, you know, I, I can still recreate that feeling that she did to us. And she's going, oh, I love to talk to groups like that. And oh, I remember the line. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you, remember, you were there, Mark? No, no, we saw, we saw it. <laughs> we saw the live transmission and we woke up at three o'clock in the morning to listen, to, to, listen yeah. to the afternoon session and yeah. it was, we were sort of present. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that was such a great experience. Uh -huh. So the thing I, I really want to emphasize though, so at times we do uh, get up there, but notice this squiggly line. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Remember in safety and security, how one of the things I had developed is the pre-trans fallacy. Mm -hmm. um, other people get to live here all the time is one of those fallacies. And one, one of the mistaken fantasies that people have is I married the wrong person. Because mm -hmm. when we first fall in love, the state experience spikes. Yeah. You know? It might even spike to a, a we state experience, mm -hmm. which is like in the uh, Wobble Combs lattice as an individual experience. Your interpretation is, I really met this pre-trans fallacy person, this soulmate experience. Yep. You don't get to live up at the first love and the spiritual love without the work. So what happens is as reality spikes, we drop back into a very egoic state experience where all the disappointment hits. And if you begin to work on your relationship, do the hard work so that all the role stage and the functional aspects happen, then, then the state experiences improves. Just getting away from all the battling and the fighting and the stupidity of, of it as, as we search our way through true intimacy really helps. And then today's discussion, how do we migrate higher? How do we actually get into the highest state here and actually do it? But you can see why I'm excited about that is I never quite understood the relationship between the stages and the couple lines that you're familiar with in my work. And then two weeks ago, it hit me and I'm like, oh, my Lord, I see it now. And I don't know if this is going to hold up because it's very much a preliminary piece of work, but does it seem functional to you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely convincing. Yeah, it, it, it seems kind of obvious when you lay it out <laughs> that way. Yeah. Exactly. I can follow that zigzag. <laughs> yes, that serpentine nature of the state experience through time for a couple. I mean, that needs to be widely distributed. Because we can see young couples that aren't ready for any kind of long-term commitment, 
as soon as they dip down, they abandon it and search for the greater connection. Plus, they have to grow, obviously. Yeah, but I find possible, you mentioned it a little bit, when you are really in this love stage, in, in the first stage of um, in, in, um, falling in love, <laughs> uh, yeah. I think you might even be able sometimes to hit the we, the we space. Yes. And it will be short term, mm -hmm. maybe only mo moments or days, and then it retracts. I, I remember to really felt it, how these uh, connections go back and less and less and less in myself mm -hmm. and as, as the field altogether. Mm -hmm. Even with us, that happens sometimes, mm -hmm. you know? So that's very clearly perceptible, at least for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the state. <laughs> state. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how I'm beginning to language this, is mm -hmm. the serpentine nature between mm -hmm. the stages and the state as the relationship unfolds. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping this holds up. That's almost, almost a spiral, you know, seen from the side. Oh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. That, right, is it would be spiral too as we drop up and down in stage location mm -hmm. and state experience. That's very good, Mark. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to use that. <laughs> so, okay, I before I copyright it, just steal. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> but that's what I need is different people to think into this with me. One of my buddies in San Diego Intro, Larry Kyle, who had recommended us for an interview, I mean, he's one of these thinkers that can really think into it with me like that. But that, that's how we evolve this stuff is we, we think into it and experientially and intellectually we're trying to meld these poles so that we can lay out a clear path for people as they go along. So as promised, what I wanted to do, we're going to drop back and before we agree to do this with a couple and talk about some of the preparation mm -hmm. for this. Because I, I really want to start with the directives and the experience you know, to really get that feeling going, how important this is for couples to do. And I'm really hoping that, you know, it goes beyond the integral people and that somehow it provides a beacon for people to get realistic about it. But this is what I wanted to show. So this is preparation for this exercise mm -hmm. when you're with somebody. Number one, we don't want to polarize the couple dynamics by repeatedly telling them what they're lacking. Because that's what the unhealthy aspects of green, using this knowledge as a weapon. Mm -hmm. And I understand the frustration because you so want to get in there in the collective. And remember, it's going to be easier for people in the integral community to have a collective experience with some of our colleagues. One of my jokes I tell people that are in the integral community is when I'm at these conferences, I can be at the men's room at a urinal and, and I'm exploring the universe with somebody that I felt like I've known all my life. And <laughs> into those communications. But you can see the frustration which set up for the intimate relationship for somebody that perhaps they're with a spouse that isn't there. And, you know, it, it, as Martin Usyk likes to talk about, if the stages really get dilated, and the relationship's not going to last. 
But how do we get people there so that, you know, we don't have to do damage? Yeah. So... Can I, can I ask a question, this chart you have up now? Is it for, for the people inside the couple or is it for facilitators? No, no, no. This is for couples, mostly. Ah, okay. mm -hmm. it, it definitely has uh, application for facilitators. You know, it, it obviously has application for anyone that does couples therapy. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm using some of this. Wait till you see number four. I'm using some of this. And that's what I love about my work. It's so experimental. I buy lots of malpractice <laughs> and then I try to feel into it so it doesn't explode in my face, mm -hmm. although it does occasionally. But what are we going to do? It's not like this territory is all articulated out, but it's what I love about it because I can stay on that creative edge, you know, use the discipline along with that feeling in order to find the territory ahead. So, no, it's by all means for it anyone to utilize okay so if i can go ahead and share three yeah we we want to temper our frustration with there are very few people ready to achieve this level of connection and you know no matter what we're doing like ken's telling us about the backlash here god i wish i was in italy i'll tell you <sighs> Uh, the backlash here of why the rise of the red and blue in America and Britain and whatnot, and thankfully France avoided it. I don't know what Italy's going to do. They're at the pre-stage. It's not. We still have yet. to rise to, to blue. <laughs> <laughs> but some of us, it, some of it's due to the frustration of the leading edges, you know, mm -hmm. as what we like to say, the mean greens, mm -hmm. and frustrating them. And, you know, it just seems like the conservatives are just thumbing their nose at anything progressive because we do have an obligation to bring people along. So my small way in couples, I'm trying to find ways to bring people along that maybe if they're happy at home, they won't be so angry in real life mm -hmm. uh, and whatnot. But it's a lesson we're going to have to do across the board. Yeah, and I just jump in to say my conviction is war in the world can only be stopped when the war in intimate relationships is stopped. Oh, I like that. <laughs> right, with more peace there, mm -hmm. with deeper levels of love there, than, and the sacredness it invokes, mm -hmm. then how can it be the other person, you know, with no name? So I, I, I definitely like that. Yeah, because I'm convinced that when you are happy with other people, you have also learned the skills to be with other people. You have learned to, to negotiate conflicts. And when you can do it as a person, you can also do it as a politician and whatever, you know, or a group leader. So, so number four, and this is the one you're going to be careful with, is let your partner see you in a communal state with another person, with a member of the opposite sex, and then it's be careful. <laughs> sure. yeah. But can you feel the power in that moment mm -hmm. in terms of it? It is breadcrumbs. But again, if they don't have the basis stabilized out and, you know, jealously arises easily, 
I find couples with significant jealousy, jealousy is almost a form of paranoia. It's not easy to get rid of. If it's really strong, I find I can't do much with it. it it's like a basis of feeling secure and centered that you either have it or you don't. And it shows up as jealousy. So obviously, that technique wouldn't work with someone. How I use it in therapy, this is where I got that from, is say one member of the dyad is capable of communal experience, is I have a technique that'll enter that space with their spouse. And I think I've only done it about seven times so far. That's how new some of this material is. And one time a husband reacted badly. He was angry because I was communing with his wife. Mm -hmm. But it turned out well. It really made him hungry for that space, which was obviously my intention. Mm -hmm. The other times it's worked out well. Oh, there was one other time where I raised the state experience too quickly on a, a woman. And it almost caused her to decompensate. You know, the overexposure caused decompensation, you know, and she was upset, angry, vulnerable. So I spent the next two or three sessions pacing her back together going, pay attention. You miss that incredibly ahead of time. So it, it can't be for anyone. It's like whoever's in the room, it's important who's in the room. We try to create these deeper state experiences. It doesn't work everywhere. And as we go along, we're inventing it. But you can feel how provocative that fourth one is. Sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I, I hope I don't get sued all over the country. because <laughs> Habib said it was a great technique. Have you ever had reactions to each other being in communal experiences with other people? Not to ask a loaded question. No, I, I don't know if we ever were in very intimate relationship with other people. Except, you know, when we did some of the courses together mm -hmm. and then you have another partner with whom to do the exercise. I had no problem with that and oh. I don't think you had it. No, I didn't either. I'm thinking so, of uh, dancing with someone else. You know, yeah. being, oh, being no, I think also, movement. for instance, in Hungary no and, and, and when we went in a workshop and there were some more intimate exercises. Yeah. Or, yeah, I, I don't think so. I don't know. Right. It takes a lot of stability. People that want to read about spiritual love, it, it's in the uh, paper 2016, I believe, Journal of Integral Theory and Practice. Some of what I'm speculating at that stage, fidelity is going to be a question mark because the depth of love, when you get that high, I mean, how can you know something that clear and almost don't love them? Keith Witt made the Keith Witt, a, a lot of folks here might be familiar with him. He's a psychologist, not too far from where I practice. Yeah, we have also yeah. interviewed him in the <laughs> serious Stop the Relationship was <laughs> serious. We did. <laughs> yeah, he can be pretty blunt. <laughs> but he made a comment with Jeff Saltzman once I really liked. And he said, I fall in love with all my patients. Yeah. And, you know, in. Most of us had analytic training, and that's heresy to admit anything like that. You're supposed to have control over your counter-transference, mm -hmm. how I feel about the patient. But that so old world is, how can I be so close and empathically connect and not love them? 
Mm-hmm. But you see what I'm saying is when we develop the capacity for spiritual love, it's going to get complicated. But again, concomitantly, I think what will happen is our individual stability develops so much. Like we love our children and we're not jealous of each other in the intimate relationship. And there'll probably no doubt be rules of the road. The French were all going, grow up, crying out loud. <laughs> well, I'm not so sure collectively some of the permissiveness that, you know, might be a stereotype. I'm not so sure that they're all that great at it anyways, because you don't want to wreck your home base, obviously. I wouldn't want Christine to feel insecure. It's going to get complicated. It's going to develop, that's for sure, down the road. Bigger and better problems as we go up. Yeah. Right. When more complexity comes, more more challenges, as uh, Hegel said down the road, it becomes antithesis as we move along. Yeah. Okay. Should we do another one? Yeah, sure. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you want to watch our conversations on video, please go to our YouTube channel, which is called The Wisdom Factory, or watch the videos in the video archive of our website, www.thewisdomfactory.net. Thank you.